You're listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals. Hello, everyone. This is Liz Harvey coming to you from our studios in New York City, where we are dedicated to bringing you top-quality advice from many of the leading expert professionals across the U.S. In today's episode, we are speaking with chiropractor Dr. Greg Rubenstein. Dr. Rubenstein is the founder of 57th Street Chiropractic, located in the heart of Midtown Manhattan, where he has been practicing since 1993. He specializes in pediatric and family care, and Dr. Rubenstein is a long-standing member of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. He also serves as a board member of Friends of Fresh and Green Academy, a nonprofit organization that does extensive charity work in education in Ethiopia. Dr. Rubenstein is widely considered to be one of the top chiropractors in the U.S., and he's also a contributing member of our national network of industry professionals. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic, in utero constraint solutions. Hello, Dr. Rubenstein. How are you today? I'm doing great, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me. So what causes in utero constraint? Well, there are quite a few different causes listed. Um, Let's actually talk a little bit about what in utero constraint is because I would imagine a lot of our listeners might not actually know. Um, When we look at the anatomy, the uterus is physically attached to the pelvis and sacrum by way of the uterosacral ligaments, which are kind of behind the uterus, and, and then the round ligaments, which are kind of in the front. And these form a way of kind of stabilizing and suspending the uterus inside um, the mother in a way that keeps the baby almost kind of floating in this, in this little, little um, sac. And, um, you know, during pregnancy, there's a lot of increased physical loads on the skeleton, and the presence of the hormone relaxin in the soft tissues make it really easy for the sacrum and the pelvic bones to start to, sh- start to shift out of their alignment and become what we call in chiropractic subluxated. Um, you know, so there are other things where, you know, sometimes moms are put it on um, extended bed rest, which can contribute to sacral subluxations, um, improper postures, even minor traumas. When these things occur, the ligaments described above can get pulled and create undue tension on the uterus. Um, and then there's other factors. Um, you know, p- typically it's more common in the first pregnancy because a lot of the abdominal musculature is, is new to this and hasn't been stretched out. Um, a small maternal size, a, 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 you know, just a, a petite woman, a small uterus, um, uterine malformations. There can be, you know, occasions where there's uterine fibroids, which occupy space inside uh, the uterus, and that can create uterine constraint. Um, a small maternal pelvis, um, and then also even early engagement of the fetal head into the mother's pelvis. So there's a lot of different things, even an, an exor- an, out of the ordinary large fetus can do that, and then multi-fetal gestation where they're having twins or more. All those things can contribute to it, including um, one of the most common ones that we address is the pelvic alignment issues and the muscle and ligament imbalances. So there's a lot that goes on, and you know, initially you know, the fetus has to distend the mother's uterus and abdominal wall during the first pregnancy, so it's much more common to see there, and uh, usually the firstborn will experience more constraint and is usually smaller than the second or third children, usually by a couple hundred grams. So, you know, in most cases, it's going to be altered um, structural uh, alignment to the pelvis, which is the most likely possibility. Um, and then there are a few other things that are a little bit more technical if there's not enough amniotic fluid or fetal, other fetal anomalies such as hydrocephaly or anencephaly. But those are least common. 
Um, but really what we talked about initially, it's more about the alignment. Okay, and what effects does in utero constraint have on the baby? Well, the primary thing that we're always concerned about with utero constraint is the increased utero tension can decrease the ability of the baby to move into a more desirable position for birth. You know, almost imagine if you were taking like a balloon and you were pulling on two sides, the balloon is going to shorten and then it'll become rigid in response to the pulling forces. And that's essentially the same thing that happens in the uterus, essentially kind of trapping the baby in whatever position it was in at the time the subluxation or the malalignment syndrome was was presented. So until the pull of the uterus can be removed, the constraint will kind of remain and the baby might not be able to force its way into the vertex position. Um, And a lot of times, you know, we'll see moms um, that experience intrauterine constraint will often report a decrease in the baby's movement um, or a development of like jerky tense movements indicating that the baby's ability to move is kind of constrained or, or restricted. So, you know, by taking the time to really align the pelvis and and eliminate the stress to the ligaments and muscles, then the baby can start to return to a more normal state of balance inside the, the pelvis and be able to really, you know, move around with the space in there is optimized. And that's really what we're looking for is that optimal feeding position, which leads to a safer, safer and easier birth. And how can chiropractors help alleviate and reduce in utero constraints? Um, you know, chiropractors can, can really work by employing that Webster technique. We've talked about that in previous interviews. Um, and, you know, when the Webster te- technique is initiated in the care of pregnant women, sacral subluxations that often can contribute to difficult labor, um, which we call dystocia, um, it, it's caused by inadequate uterine function, which means that maybe we're not getting proper nerve supply to the uterus, um, so correction of the sacral subluxations will eliminate any pressure built up on the nerves that are that are going to that area, um, and these sacral misalignments can intrib- contribute primarily to those causes of dystocia or a slowed down birth. So it's it's really important to understand that you know working with the moms you know early through this is really what's going to eliminate the uterine nerve interference, the pelvic misalignment, and the tightening and the torsion of the specific pelvic muscles, which can result in aberrant effect on the uterus and maybe even the prevent the baby from comfortably assuming the best possible birth position. So by working with the mom and kind of really leading her through this practice and using the relaxation techniques on the ligaments and the pelvic adjusting, uh, usually it's going to lead to a much better outcome. And it's been successful in close to 80% of the women that it's been performed on. Great. And are there other natural ways to try to remove any constraint on the baby? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't heard of too many natural ways. There's a lot of things that, you know, the medical profession can can do, and sometimes they will use medication and muscle relaxers, but I never like to see that done with a mom who's expecting because she shares the bloodstream there. But there are people who do yoga and lying in certain positions, um, which can be helpful. A lot of people um, have explored the avenue of acupuncture, and I've heard that they get some good success there. So chiropractic isn't the only game in town, but it is one of the most successful and most commonly used by the expecting mom. So we do see that um, there are other things, and I always recommend prenatal massage and prenatal yoga because it's not any one thing. The more angles you attack a problem from, the better success you're going to have. 
you know, decreasing the mom's stress, meditation, that can also be helpful in just relaxing the entire central nervous system. So it isn't just about chiropractic. There are a lot of different things that we can do to really improve the outcomes. And it's not just coming from the chiropractic office. Um, there are many doulas that, you know, help and, and guide people through this and, you know, continue people on exercise. People think that they have to stop exercising when they're pregnant, and that's not necessarily true. There are very few instances where there's a high risk um, that the woman needs to, to not exercise at all. You just need to keep it under control and minimize the intensity. So there, you know, in closing and wrapping that up, there are just so many different things that can be done, and there are a lot of different things, you know, and again, the ones that I like to use the most and will recommend along with our care is usually massage, acupuncture, um, meditation, breathing exercises, and, you know, proper nutrition, and anything you can do to mitigate stress. Mm-hmm. So that sort of answers our last question that I had for you, too, it, which is how can in utero constraint be prevented? Well, you know, you need to know the risks involved, you know, and if you're a, a, a very uh, petite woman, um, actually before you even become present, pregnant, they can do some studies and they can actually take an x-ray and melvic, measure the pelvic brim and kind of kind of see those things. Um, but, you know... Most women don't really hear about the Webster technique until later in pregnancy, um, but it's still prudent for people to seek out the natural approach to restore the, the pelvic biomechanics um, and, and really optimize that natural function that, that you know, the, the nerve system controls over the birthing process. Um, but, you know, once a woman's free of pelvic and sacral subluxation, the nerve system functions in a way that's significantly enhanced and the birth canal diameter can be maximized and decreasing your chances for difficult labor and additional complications during delivery. So due to the gentle nature care of the Webster technique, it's going to be safe. And, you know, those are the things that we really want to get out to people, making sure that they understand that, you know, it's not just about getting adjusted, but there is some homework for the mom to do as well. Well, thank you, Dr. Rubenstein. We know you're extremely busy, so I just want to thank you for your time and help today. Awesome. Thank you. And for our listeners across the country, if you are interested in speaking with Dr. Greg Rubenstein, you can either go online to www.chiropractormidtown.com or call 917-534-6484 to schedule an appointment. And on behalf of our entire team, we want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more top-quality content from our country's leading experts. You've been listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals.